Hey, welcome to the Living Hope Parent Gathering podcast. The Parent Gathering is a weekly meeting of parents who are being trained for family discipleship through instruction and small group discussion. Listen now as we discuss principles for discipling your children. I want to take a moment um, and ask you if you are aware of, and if not, I'm going to make you aware of, a cultural phenomenon that's happening right now that affects students in the schools that our children are in. Who can tell me, I'm going to do it in the form of a, of, a, of a question, who can tell me what a devious lick is? Devious lick, who can tell me? Yes, in the back, what is it? Yes, yes. What social media platform gave us this? TikTok. TikTok. So the thing is, they steal things, they, and then they post it on TikTok what they've stolen. Things in local high schools and middle schools that I know have been stolen. Um, the soap dispensers, the paper towel dispensers. Um, the, kids that, the, the school that my kids are in, the boys have one restroom in the school that they can use because someone stole a urinal off the wall. If we could take this energy and harness it for good, we could prob- they could probably conquer the world. That's my question. How in the world? So my youngest son says to me, Dad, kids are like legit bringing tools to school. These are conversations to have with your kids. And so my ki- I learned of it because my kids are like, Dad, do you know what's going on? I can't even use the restroom that's close to my classroom. I have to go out, around, downstairs, and use the particular one. And they're like, and they're like the security guy is sitting outside the door. Yeah, probably is. So, the power of social media. There you go. So these are conversations to have um, with, your, uh, with your kids. All right, <laughs> let, me, let me turn the corner um, with that. Um, so we're talking about the, uh, the, <laughs> how it is that we can, can help our children walk in the ways of Christ. Um, Last week, Mariana did a really good job of laying out the mission of our need to build resilient disciples. And so if you missed her talk, I encourage you to go back and and listen to the podcast. I listened to it this week in my car, was really encouraged by it. So if you go to to Spotify or Apple um, Podcasts, you can go to the website, mostly wherever Living Hope Podcasts are, um, you can listen to it. And so if you miss a week, if you have friends that you um, know and you say, hey, this is what we do, um, this may be beneficial for you, there's two separate podcasts. One is the lesson review and one is the training time. And so she did a good job of laying out um, the, the mission for, for needing to, to disciple our kids. And so this morning, I want to be, be really practical with you. There are times when your children will be doing their homework and they'll be frustrated and they'll say something like, I'm never going to use this ever again. This is the dumbest thing ever. Why do I have to learn it? Have you heard similar phrases? I have heard and said 
similar phrases, right? This morning, what we're going to talk about should not be one of those things where we're like, I don't think I'm ever going to, to use that. And I'm intentionally going to give you a little more time this morning to think through your family and to make a little bit of a, uh, of a plan. And so um, as we lay out this, this plan for family discipleship, I want us to understand a couple things first, and then I'm going to ask us a couple questions. The first thing is this. Number one, making disciples of your child is a biblical imperative. This is a have-to moment. This is something that God has given to us. Um, it's clear in scripture. We see it in, in, in two places, especially uh, Matthew 28, um, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, including the nation in your house, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. We are to make disciples. That is our mission. And I'm really comforted by that last phrase. I'm going to be with you in this process. I will be with you until the very end of the age, until the passage that we talked about in Thessalonians comes true, that he comes back. Secondly, Deuteronomy 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Um, as an aside, if you remember when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, this is where he pointed. And he says, these words I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the way, when you lie down, when you rise. I would add when you're on the way to whatever it is that you're driving to, as you're tucking your kids in at night, as you're having dinner, as you have random conversation, when the kids are telling you about things being stolen at school, whatever it is, these are opportunities. And so talk about them. And so embrace the reality that you as a parent, that I as a parent, sets the spiritual tone in your home. You do. You're the one who leads your home. You set that, that tone. So the first thing is understand that making uh, disciples is a biblical imperative. The second thing is worldviews are formed early. Your children, my children, are being discipled really early on. I, I mentioned earlier that my kids and I, were, my, well, my sons and I were yelling at the television yesterday. I have discipled them intentionally to root for certain teams. That it has been, this is who I root for, this is who I love, I am going to be unashamed in that. Some of you have similar situations in your home. You disciple your children, we root for this color, we do not root for that color. As a matter of fact, we strongly dislike, in the name of Jesus, people who wear this uniform, but we embrace those who wear this one, right? We disciple them, right? And that's a humorous way to, to think about it. But when it comes to our values, when it comes to how we see the world, when it comes to where we go for truth, those things are set early. Mariana mentioned last week that Barna research that says by a time a child is 13 or 14, their identity and their worldview is fairly locked in. And so if your children are younger than that, that would motivate you to, man, I got, I, I got to really get after that. Now, if they're older, it's not as though, hey, you're done. These can be shifted. It, it takes just a concerted effort. And so preschool and elementary parents, you are laying the foundation. 
parents of middle schoolers and, and high schoolers, you're seeing the fruit of, of some of what you've sown and what has been sown into your child. And so know that there can be some adjustments, there can be some weeding, there can be some, some cultivating, but we're seeing earlier and earlier their worldviews are, are forming. And so this idea that elementary is sort of just years that you just sort of coast through and you're glad that they're not you know, doing huge things that are, that are really mischievous, those are formative years. These are important, important years. Third, our world seeks to form us in a way that is not biblical. I feel like we could spend all day and we could all teach this point and we all have an example of how this is true. I'll point out a few. Um, abortion on demand until the moment of birth is, is prevalent in, in many places. Um, postmodern thought, this idea that, that truth is relative, that we can make up our own truth, that you can live your truth and I can live my truth and they can be completely opposite and that's okay and that's to be embraced and everybody can do what they do, do you do you, and that we need to embrace that is full scale. It is the accepted thought. Postmodernism is, is here. Critical race theory, terrorism, violence against minorities, women, children, are very common and very prevalent all throughout our world and we could we could talk a long time about that but we need to realize that our world is forming us is seeking to form us seeking to shape us in ways that are not biblical we need to think about that and then we need to realize that resilient faith we keep using this term resilient faith faith that will last Faith that is not just, I'm going to come and I'm going to sit and I'm going to be present in church and I'm going to smile and not give my parents a hard time is not the main goal. The main goal is faith that will last. It's the tree planted by streams of water. It's the fruit that's in the good soil that yields 50 and 70 and 100 times what is planted. That is the goal, that resilient faith is the goal of what we are trying to plant in our children and realizing that... It's a long-term endeavor that we're, that we're taking on. All right, so as we form to, to make our plans, there's a, couple, there's a couple things. First of all, we need to think about as parents, and this seems obvious, but we often miss it. What is the goal? So my first question for you to think about as parents is, what does a disciple look like? When my child is discipled, if my child is, is following after Jesus in a biblical way, what does that look like? Often we just sort of like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going after Jesus, but, but we don't think about intentionally, this is what it looks like. Too often we're like the, the Peanuts cartoon where, where um, uh, Charlie Brown is shooting at the fence and, and Pepper and Patty comes along and goes, man, you're remarkable. You have all bullseyes. How do you do that? He said, actually, it's pretty easy. He says, I shoot first, and then I go paint the target around it. How many times do we as parents do that? We go, okay, you know what? This is how they are, but this is the goal. This is how they're supposed to be. And we try to explain how the way they are or the way we are as people is how it's supposed to be, that we're somehow the, the standard. We need to, to set the target and make it clear. Second Peter 3 18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. We need to be growing in the grace and knowledge of who Christ is and what it means to follow him and to give God glory. So write, I encourage you, the first thing to do is write down what are the attitudes 
Habits to develop convictions that you want your child to possess. And you can use high school graduation as a marker. You can use when they become an adult. Although I warn you when we say like what, when they become an adult, that keeps moving later and later. The way it's going, most of us in the room will qualify as an adolescent and not an adult in the near future. It keeps getting pushed later. Have you noticed that? Like it used to be, look, you graduate from high school, you're an adult, you're on your own, you're 18, you're an adult, right? Now it's like, well, like once you're out of college, well, then you start adulting. You're not really an adult, but you're sort of adults. You do adult things, but you're still not fully an adult and it just keeps moving and moving. So set that, set that target of what, what are those attitudes, habits, convictions, and I used the habits rather than just actions because the habits are what form us. These are the things that we'll do over and over again. All right. Secondly, um, Miriam shared last week, uh, and I'm going to remind you, the elements that are needed in a disciple, they, there's these three components. One is relationships. Think through what are the relationships that your child needs in order to become a resilient disciple. Who are the people that they need to have close relationships with? That should begin with the people in their house, but obviously it will extend to others. Who are the people that they need to have relationships with? You would probably be thinking of, okay, they need to be connected to, to, to good Christian friends. So then you ask the question of like, okay, well, where are they gonna find them? Well, probably in church. So you begin making choices that we're going to line up our life so that they can make good friends at church, so that they can have friends who are going in the same direction as them, who can encourage them, who can confront them as needed. So who are the relationships? Um, Secondly, scriptural engagement. We cannot grow without the Word of God because we drift, we shift. We get away from what the Word of God says and we bring in some of our own ideas, some of our own opinions, things that we see places which are most often things of the world and and we move and we shift and we need to keep coming back to the standard. When someone comes to to build something at your house or comes to to maintain something and they don't bring a tape measure, they don't bring a standard, they're like, ah, this looks about right. That should make you really nervous because they're not going back to the standard. They've done it for years, but they're like, eh, that's close enough. I think I see it. I think that's what it looks like. They don't go back to a standard. They need to have, we need to have a standard. So uh, scriptural engagement gets us back to the standard. So think of creative ways to engage with God's word, to, to plant God's word in your child. And then thirdly, experiences. What are the experiences that my child needs to have Experiences often solidify commitments. It's this experience that we have. We, we have wedding ceremonies for a reason. We could certainly go down and fill out the paperwork at the courthouse, but we have weddings because they're an experience that, that anchor in our minds, this is a new life, this is a, a new union. And so um, thinking about the goal, thinking about the elements, and then the third one is, so what's your plan? What are you going to do to help your child become a resilient disciple? They will follow the call of the Lord or not, but you help them 
be in an environment in which they can hear from the Lord and they can have an opportunity to make a choice. And we need to move beyond just planning and just thinking to action. Hope is not a plan. Too often we say, I hope that they follow Jesus. I I may even pray a little bit that they follow Jesus, but we don't make a plan. And then we get to the end and we're like, "Uh, I'm not really sure what, what happened. Many of you may have already made plans or in the process of making plans for what to do when, when fall break comes. And, you, and some of you are planners. You have started this last fall, at the end of last fall break and you have been thinking about 4,700 different options and you have weighed them all and you have figured it all out and you have a immaculate plan for a five to seven day experience. But we as people, as parents, need to make sure that we have a plan to develop our child, to point them towards Christ, so that we don't get to the end and realize we probably missed something. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering Podcast. We invite you to join us at 9.30 on Sunday mornings in the Rec Center, where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.